0: Good it's really good to see you. This is week four of Mastermind. We've been very excited about this series. I hope that uh, you've enjoyed pieces of it as well. And if this is your first Sunday with us, we—it's uh, a standalone message, so you won't feel lost. And we have one more after this one, as we are learning how to rewire our thinking. So change your thinking, change your life. This is week four, and the topic is the peace of God. The peace. Of God, I want to begin with a story about worry. I'm a worrier, and uh, I my mom was a, quite a worrier. I don't know if it's a generational thing, but uh, I picked up on that, and I struggle with it. But it started really, really early uh, in various forms of anxiety. I remember very young, having these uh, monstrous nightmares. I don't know that I could prove to you what it was about, but just to background information, my dad was a missionary in a country where the gospel was very sparse, to say the least. So the culture was very dark and not uh, Christ-oriented. And um, so I had these horrific nightmares that, that just caused me to be terrified. And I used to the good thing that I did is I, I didn't just hold them in and keep them private. I t- told my parents about them. And the good thing that my parents did was they did not minimize these fears that I had. They didn't try to um, say they were no big deal and these monsters and these things that I see were not real. They didn't try to do any of that. They just uh, prayed for me and took, took it seriously. And it, that was my earliest memories of how God Answers Prayer, and it came so powerfully and um, repeatedly to the degree that um, when my parents would pray for me, and they would alternate, it wasn't always just my dad, but I, I picture my dad praying with us before going to bed, and um, he, when he'd pray for me, and then I'd wake up the next morning, hey, I didn't have any nightmares, and um, then let's say that they forgot for whatever reason, we got going really Busy, late, quickly went to bed and didn't pray specifically about my nightmares. I had these horrific nightmares again. And you can believe after that that I began to remind my parents to pray about my nightmares if they forgot to pray about my nightmares. And um, it was very real. So early in my life was this development about trusting God with my fears. But that did not make it so that I learned to never fear. I didn't make it so that I learned to never worry. I still have these uh, patterns, this strong pathway of of thinking that I battle with, and uh, one of them is worry. Now, along that line, I ran into a story when I was reading um, Ted Decker's uh, book that wasn't a novel. He's a novelist and has written many novels, and I've enjoyed many of them, and some of them not as much as others. But um, in this book called The Forgotten Way... There's a story that reminded me of my dad, who I've always admired as the teacher and the spiritual leader, that's how I looked at him and my mother, Um, but this little interchange between a spiritual teacher and his young little student out in the savannah reminds me of what I've experienced in my early years. A spiritual teacher is walking with a small boy in the savannah one sunny afternoon. He uses a walking stick because his bones aren't as strong as they once were. The child holds the old man's free hand because in the boy's eyes, the teacher is a giant and can save him from any danger. Today's lesson is on the father. The teacher has brought the boy to a field frequented by lions. Seeing a pride under a tree, the teacher stops and points to a lion who stands alone, watching them. He turns to the boy. Imagine that God is a strong lion, and the accuser, representing all of evil, is a hyena, he says. Tell me, can the hyena hurt the lion? Yes, the boy says. He can chase him, and with many others, take him down. Well then, let's make the lion bigger. Because God is infinite. Let's make him as big as the field. The hyena being finite does not grow bigger. It is still the same size. Now, can the hyena hurt the lion? The boy thinks for a moment. Yes, he could bite the lion's foot, he says. Then let's make the lion bigger, as big as the whole savanna. Can the hyena now hurt the lion? The boy thinks hard and long. He says, well, maybe. Let's make the lion as big as the whole world, and the hyena now only a tiny speck on this field. In fact, let's make the lion as big as all the world's. As big as the whole universe. Now, he turns to face the boy, staff planted in the dirt before him, his gaze steady. Can the hyena on that field, who is still the same size, much smaller than a single atom on the surface of a billion suns, can that hyena hurt the lion? No, the boy says, eyes wide with wonder. Can the hyena threaten the lion? The boy shakes his head. No. The teacher looks off to the horizon and draws a deep breath through his nostrils. Can the hyena even bother the lion? The answer is plain to the boy. No, he says. The teacher looks down and offers an improving nod. Always remember this This is how big and powerful your father is. The only things bigger are his wisdom and his love for you. Because God is love and you are his son. The hyena can only bother those who do not know who they are. That story, when I read it from Ted Decker, resonated with me. We're gonna jump from that as a word picture straight into another word picture, but it's right from the pen of Paul. While he's in a prison situation, he's chained to a guard. He literally has written that he's not sure whether he's gonna live or die. Um, it's a terrible regime that has imprisoned him. He thinks he's going to live, and yet it's the most joyful letter he's ever written. It's out of Philippians that we read this, and we've even used a portion of this that we're reading today earlier in this series, but we're going to package it together under this topic of the peace of God. Philippians 4, 6 through 9, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition... Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Now, it's hard to see the whole thing at once, but in verse 9, we saw the God of peace who is with you. And in verse 7, we talked about the peace of God. The, The God of peace gives you which is our topic. The topic of the whole series is similar to this reflect in short. The reflect reads this way. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Now, we're going to repeat a phrase that we saw in verse 7. In Philippians 4, 7, we said, So, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your what? Minds, mastermind. Rewiring your brain when you're prone to anxiety and you're prone to worry. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And this is a gentleman who is facing death, has everything to be anxious about, and yet is experiencing a peace that words can't even describe, and he's bubbling over with joy as he writes. Now, early in the series... I mentioned neuroplasticity and the science of the brain and undoing these pathways in our brain that become hard patterns of thinking that kind of control us, that you can literally change that with new pathways. And um, a a book that I read was really just revving me up, and I'm going to... um, what. What got me to read that book was this quote. I'm going to share this quote with you. It's from Dr. Carolyn Leaf, author of Switch On Your Brain, and that's the book I decided to read cover to cover, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Here's her quote. It has been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. That is... An amazing statement. And so there's hard data that our stress levels, our body reactions, everything is there's this peace that God can give you if you will incorporate prayer into your life. So we're going to talk about not just any form of anxiety and any form of fear, but we're going to talk about worry. What is worry? Now, Before we define worry, I want to talk about the difference between stress and worry. And I'm going to use a rubber band to talk about it. Can you see this rubber band? It's very tiny. It's hard to see. I'm holding a rubber band. Stretching a rubber band stresses the fabric of the rubber band. But a rubber band is designed to be stretched. If you don't stretch it, it doesn't fulfill its function. And that stretch is like the stress that sometimes we feel. There's a level of stress that's good and there's a level of stress that's bad. And having no stress when you're a rubber band is not so good. So here's a rubber band with no stress that I've wrapped around a bundle of pencils. And the rubber band is designed to hold pencils together, but if there's no stress, it's not gonna hold these together. We need to stress the rubber band so that it can fulfill its function. You need to stretch the rubber band, double it over, so that with the stretch, with a little bit of stress, It actually will do its job. You are like that rubber band. If you avoid stress completely, you will not grow. If you have too much stress, you will, ah, you're right. It can hurt you and it can hurt others as it does things bad. So there's levels of stress. There's levels of stress from a helpful kind of stress where you accomplish much in the kingdom and accomplish much because you're taking on, and it's requiring faith, it's requiring stretch, it's stretching you, and that's great. But when worry gets involved, it can drive that stress to unhealthy stress, and you can take on stress to where worry is like a, it's like a cyclone that builds both directions, and now you're in trouble with worry. So let's define worry as opposed to stress this way. Before we do, let's hit the reflect. Not all stress is bad, but worry can take stress to a harmful stage. Worry can take stress to a harmful stage. Now, there's going to be a three-part definition to worry. A on your outline is this. Worry is a mental fixation that dominates your thinking. A mental fixation that dominates your thinking. Now, we've been talking about this uh, dominating thought process. Uh, we've been looking at Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, all through this series where there are thoughts that can dominate you. And the direction of your thought will lead your life. If you change your thoughts, you will change your life. That if you're dominated by these thoughts, then these thoughts, if they're the wrong thoughts, there's some deception in them, they dominate you. They need to be dismantled, is a better word, dismantled so that you can build a better dominance with better thoughts that lead you. That's what we've been working on. So worry is a mental fixation that dominates your thinking and it can mess you up. B, distrusting the promise and power of God. Here's how it messes you up. It can dominate your thinking to the degree that you start to distrust the power and promises of God, where the hyenas of life seem a lot more problematic than they should because you're not viewing the lion as large as He is, or his promises are very secure. And so when you go there with your worry, see on your outline, when worry controls your mind, it is a sin. So I began the session with. I am a worrier. I know that I'm a worrier. I have this stronghold tendency. When I think about my thoughts, I actually catch myself frequently in this dominating thought processes of worrying. And yet, I want to resist the idea that this is sin. Wait a minute. Paul worried about the churches that he was in charge of. You can read about how Paul was worried and how he was carrying the stress of the ministry and blah, 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 blah. And Jesus, he was anxious when he went to Gethsemane to stress to the point of blood and dying. And I just want to say, so what I'm doing can't be that bad. Hold, 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 hold a moment here. No, when what I was doing is distrusting the promises and power of God, that worry now is sin. Okay. I just need to say it. We just need to be plain about it, and until I see it that way and confess it as such, I won't dismantle the pattern of my thinking, which has become so habitual, this is what neuroplasticity is all about, so habitual that it becomes my stronghold reaction in how I deal with life. And yet I can rebuild my thinking with my thought life and rebuild neural pathways that are better if I will choose to do so. So, what to do? what to do. That's point number two. So here's a box of worry. What we often do is just, oh man, I got this and this. this. There's too much to do and I'm never going to have enough time to do it. And it's a problem I cannot solve. And no matter what I do, there's nothing I can do to make it work. This is horrible. And then I'm stressing out. I'm falling apart. You know what? Maybe I should pray about it. I think I will pray about it. I'm going to take something out of my worry box God, can you take this one? Thank you. Do anything yet? It's still here. It's like I'm still worried about it. It's like, oh, it's just a terrible thing. To say. And we take it out of the god box and we just start doing the wrong dominating thought processes again. In fact, we can even godify our stronghold. Oh, God, this is so horrible. Life is terrible. Things are not working out so good, and it's just terrible. I'm going down, and can you carry my load? I hate this. I hate it. I'm just worrying in prayer, and, and so we've got to figure out how to do this in a different way. Do you see the problem here? The worry box is bigger than our God box. That's the problem. We need to fix that. We need the God box to be way bigger than the worry box, and so there's where we go. God, you're so awesome. You're so big. You you know what? You're not surprised by any of this. That I'm totally caught off guard. I have no clue. But you know the answer. You can see exactly what the answer is. There's nothing that surprises you. You're the Lion of Judah. Ra! Haina, get out of here. You know, it's like he's awesome if I focus on the bigness of God, my worries become smaller and smaller. Now, that doesn't mean I figured out how to never worry again. I really haven't. Um, When I do messages like this, I learn again. I haven't got this wired. I still need to work on the rewiring. This very week, There was one of those personal challenges that felt like a running into a brick wall. And I hated the work that I had to do to try to dismantle this brick wall. Every time I tried it, it boom, I just had this bad attitude about just trying to solve this thing. So here I was in Romans 8, 5 through 6, even though I didn't know it. Romans 8, 5 through 6 reads this way. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that it pleased the Holy Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. What do you do? What do you do? Some people, when they hear people talk about, yeah, I just gave it to God, They say really that's so irresponsible <laughs> All you do is pray about it really and you really think that's going to solve this thing I mean look at you're worried about your health and that's all you do pray about it So no, there's a whole lot more to do than that. What do you do? So on the screen are A, B, and C. We're going to put them all together. Get ready to write it all down fast as we talk about this. Yes, we really do need to do what I can do. That's A. And we need to give God what I can't do. And we need to trust God no matter what so we need to talk about this. Yes, we do what I can do. Prayer is part of what I can do. And that was my mistake last week. I'm just doing what I can do. I can do what I do. I'm making these phone calls. I'm trying to solve the problem. I'm trying to get through and get the communication barrier between the two. I'll get into details. I don't want to get into details. So that they will work and then, then solve this thing. And it's just not working. And then it dawned on me, oh, crap. I'm just doing what I can do. I haven't prayed about this. And then I stuck it on my prayer list. That's my God box. There's lots of different ways of doing this. I have a prayer list to remind me, keep praying about this, keep praying about this, keep praying about this, that's what I can do. And remind me that I need to keep working on this thing that I'm praying about. Now, you might want to try something. I've never tried this. You might want to try something. Get yourself a box. Just start with a shoebox, say. And you don't have to get real fancy. Just put God on it. And then, when you have this thing that you're worried about, put it in the shoebox, close it up, and set it somewhere far from your bed. You've put your worry in your God box. And then, when you're sleep at night, trying to sleep at night, and that worry thing is going, and you're just stuck, 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 you just have to be honest with yourself. Wait a minute. And you go walk into the closet, grab the God box, pull it out, because that's what you've done. Be honest. You aren't trusting God with it. And then literally walk it back to the box after you say, God, I'm so sorry. I'm sinning right now, aren't I? Again, stuck in that pathway that I need to dismantle. Then grab the new pathway that confronts those things, state it, confess it, sit in it again, go back to your bed and keep thinking the answer, the truths. You're so awesome. You're so big. This is not confusing to you. You're going to take this thing, okay? Let's just talk this through a little bit. Um, so, you, uh, your health issue. You don't just pray about it. You literally go, okay, God, I will start that diet and exercise thing. And you start that too. And you make that a matter of prayer. Okay, God, um, but I can't control the outcome. And that's up to you. I'm trusting you with that. Okay, God, God, no matter what that outcome is, I'm still going to trust you. Make that part of your prayer process, if that's your health thing. What's a finances thing? Oh, God, I just don't have enough to make it work. Pray about it. But there's more than you can do. You can also budget, like spend less than you make. In fact, trust God with your money and see what he begins to do. Those are the kinds of things you can do, but you can't, control the outcomes, and you say, I'm going to trust you no matter what. Or with your adult kids, oh, you pray about it, and there's a lot you can't do, and you trust God no matter what. That big test, you go, God, 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 help me, help me, help me, this is my whole future, it's on the line, pray about it, yes, but you better study, 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 (laughs) Right? Do what you can do, let God take care of what you can't do, and trust Him no matter what. Here's the reflect. If your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, do you like where your thoughts are taking you? So, sometimes yes, sometimes no. This is the beauty of this whole series. That is such a powerful thing when you think about what you're really thinking about. Often we don't. I was, I'm rarely down in the dumps. I was down in the dumps and couldn't figure it out. I was trying to figure out why I'm down in the dumps. I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about. As I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about. This thing that I was talking about earlier, this conflict, that was the thing. I didn't even realize. I hadn't even made that part of my prayer. As soon as I put it in the prayer box and started trusting God for what he was going to do and did the part that I can do, I can let go and say, okay, trust you, God, no matter what. Then you can see that it's taking you in a better place. Let me give you a negative example. Because if you're like me, you, when you think about what you think about, you'll discover things like this. I know you won't believe me, but Yes. Life is so hard. This is so difficult. I can't get it all done. Nobody understands. Nobody cares. I can't keep keep this thing going. How long can I last? Those kind of thoughts. That's taking me in a really bad direction. (laughs) If you ever thought those thoughts, you start going down that road. You're going into a dangerous places. And so we got to do something. No, I'm not going to let my thoughts take me to away from God's will, away from the bigness of God, away from he can't handle this. No, that's precisely what those thoughts are doing. And I have to identify it and get a hold of the truth that will correct it. So point number three, how to train. This is the passage we've been looking at over and over again. I want to just read it for us again. For though we live First, 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Then we discover, what is he talking about? We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You don't have to think the thought that's taking you in the wrong direction. Grab that thought, take it captive and drag it to the truth and then claim the truths until you dismantle that neural pathway that's become such a normal reaction for you. Just like worry is a normal reaction for me, sometimes when there's really nothing to worry about. And then you can think your thoughts and go, whoa, 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 this is not helping me. This is not helping anything. Grab the truth and rebuild the better pathway to dismantle that pattern in your life. So here's how it works. A, B, C. A is this. Identify the truth that sets free. Identify the truth that sets free. So we've done this series um, and... Giving you some tools, if you haven't picked up on those tools, a handout with a list of truths for specific areas that are stronghold areas, just suggestive that way. A seven-day study that can lead you in the right direction also is available to you. You get a hold of those truths to set you free. B, you write it, you think it. C, you confess it until you believe it. You make this your daily routine to dismantle the wrong thoughts that are leading your life and your actions into the wrong places. You dismantle it with these truths, with divinely empowered weapons of truth to dismantle the thoughts that you didn't even know was a lie, but it's a lie that God is smaller than your worry. And then dismantle it with truth. So, there is going to be a battle for your mind, and there probably is a battle in your mind that comes up frequently. I don't think that, this is just me, I don't think I will ever, ever arrive at the place where I never worry again, but I can get to the place where it doesn't dominate me like it has in the past, because I have the divinely powerful weapons That are truth. I can go to the God of peace who gives me the peace of God. And I can unite my life with the God of peace who gives me the peace of God. Can you imagine something with me? It's a reality that's hard to imagine. Imagine being at complete peace with a joy that's even hard to explain And when somebody asks you to try to explain it, you go, there's just no words because I know this is going on and this is going on and this is going on, but I still have peace. I want you to imagine that right now because this is what Paul is talking about. When the God of peace meets you there and gives you his peace, where you know that you know that God loves you. You know that you know that he loves you so much and he's so powerful and he's so big. It's going to be okay. You don't know what it's going to look like. You don't know how it's going to go. But you trust him and you're at peace. If you can imagine that, I want you to know that you can do something to get there. Literally. Go to the God of peace. Go to the God of peace. Go to the God of peace and learn the divine weapons and apply it to the degree that you go. Somebody says, are you good? I'm good. I can't explain it. But I am good. Not too long ago, I had that experience. I was not good. And then I went back to prayer and I texted. I'm fine now. I couldn't explain it, but I was fine now. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Let's be six years old again. Say, Daddy, I'm scared. Will you pray for me? And see that it works. Here's how I'd like to finish if I can see it. (laughs) Let me read it for you first Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us so much. You sent your son. My dear Lord Jesus, you are the lion of Judah. You are bigger than any of our fears and yet you are my good shepherd. You have all power, dominion, and authority. You protect and guide us even when we can't see clearly that you've been doing that all along. Thank you for filling us with your spirit. Strengthen us and guide us. Teach us to seek you in prayer for the peace you give. Amen. If you've never experienced that peace before and if you've don't know that you've ever experienced a living, real relationship with the God of peace, this will be a good prayer to pray to get to know this God of peace, to lay out your burden and just get to know him like you get to know a person. Talk to him like this. Let's all stand together. If you're willing to try this and lay your worry out there and your burden out there and your heart out there in trust. Let's pray this together out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us so much you sent your Son. My dear Lord Jesus, you are the Lion of Judah. You are bigger than any of our fears, and yet you are my Good Shepherd. You have all power, dominion, and authority. You protect and guide us even when we can't see clearly that you've been doing all along. Thank you for filling us with your spirit. Strengthen us and guide us. Teach us to seek you in prayer for the peace you give. Amen. I don't want you to leave today if you've got a burden that's heavy. Um, I encourage you to go see a prayer team, whatever that might be. Maybe it's a burden that's light. You just want somebody else to carry it with you. We encourage you to do that. Hope to see you back next week for the conclusion of Mastermind.